Ah, praise the Lord. Father, thank you for your word. Open our hearts to receive it tonight. As you said, to receive the word engrafted, which is able to save our souls. We want your word written on our hearts, God, so that it'll change us, so that we'll be transformed and conformed to the image of Jesus, your son. So I pray that you do that tonight in this place. We open up our hearts and our spiritual ears to receive what you want to speak, God. Amen. Amen. Let me ask a question before I start. Did anyone eat too many sweets over the last month? Yes. All four of you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's right, for the whole year. It's like, yeah, that's me too. But it's a new year, amen? 2024. Have you gotten used to writing that yet on things? Yeah. It's a new year. Something common to the start of a year is setting goals resolutions, hopes, thinking about hopes for the new year, aspirations, uh, dreams, desires, uh, growth. Anybody want to grow in 2024 in some way or other? Um, Bettering yourself. Um, Healing is a good thing to desire at the start of your freedom. Personal improvement. How about discipline that goes with some of the stuff already said discipline unlocking potential uh, depth greater depth I'm thinking in relationship with God character the fruit of the spirit faith which is one of the fruits of the spirit boldness when I think of evangelism and reach and being a witness i want greater boldness in 2024 anybody else amen i want it for you and me attitude adjustments oh god help us prayer authenticity in prayer right not just a routine um authenticity, intimacy. I want to know God better. I want to be closer to Him. Consistency in prayer, in everything, in everything good. Power. I want the power of God. And not, not as a, you know, a showy thing, but the Bible talks about power for us. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Well, I want it. Amen. Anybody else? Jesus said it. I want it. Understanding in the Word. I want to believe the Word. I want depth in the Word. I want to meditate on the Word more in the new year. There, you know, there are good things to be had. Treasures. Riches to be had when we meditate on the Word. When we think 
deeply on the word and mull it over and mull it over and speak it out. And, you know, on my prayer walks on, uh, in the morning, I'll be walking along mumbling. And people, you know, if they see, maybe they think I'm odd. They might think that anyway. But I'm m- sometimes mulling over the word and I'm saying it because it's kind of like I'm saying it over and I'm trying to understand. And I'm speaking the word over and mumbling it over and over. And that's what meditation is like. It's, it's like that illustration of a cow chewing grass and he the cow apparently has four stomachs and it takes it down, you know, and then it, it ingests it, then it brings up the grass and it chews it over a little more, gets a little more out of it, goes into the next stomach. I know it's kind of a gross image, but, you know, when it comes to the word, I want that. I want it going in, come up, think about it, mull it over, chew it over a little bit more and goes back down, comes back up each time. It's It's being successively more digested and doing more good. And I want that for us, for the Word. I want to memorize Scripture more. Amen? Amen. Church. Oh, I want, I have goals for church. And I don't mean goals for, well, I do have those, but not just you, but I'm thinking personally to be involved in the ways I need to be, to serve the way I need to serve, to uh, commit and attend to the things I need to commit to and attend to. Ownership of the church, I want that for us. Friendships in the church, anybody need any of those? Friendships, true fellowship, not, not just, you know, an association, but friendship in the church. I know I've said this stat before, but they, years ago when they did some church stats, they said people who were asked in the first short while that they were in a church said, why did you come to this church? Often they said because of the pastor. Within two years, they said because of friendships, because I have friends there. It's, it's like uh, so that even if the pastor changes, they, they've got a, a base there. They've got... Connections there, fellowship, community, building. We want more of that. Amen? Amen. Somebody say it loud and proud like you mean it. Amen. 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 Thank you. Evangelism. As I said, I want to invite people to church this year. I want to welcome all who are here tonight who are here for the first time. I don't believe that God brought you here by accident. It's a divine appointment that God would bring you here. And I hope to get to know the newcomers better. Um, and I want to see a whole lot more people come and be introduced to the love and salvation that is in Jesus Christ. I want to overcome the fear of man in this year. I want to take risks, share my faith and my testimony of faith. I want to love lost people. I want to love challenging people. I want to love all people. That's all I want for 2024, right there. (laughs) That's all I want. For me and for you. Those things. Oh yeah, and to lose 15 pounds. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that sort of, people think of resolutions, what's the being first one at the top, you know, that kind of thing. I do want these things. 
especially the first ones, the 15 pounds would be gravy or lack of it. I want these things and I hope to change and grow in this year, um, in the new year. Now, there could be some disappointment. I know. And you know too, right? How many here, honestly, everybody participate, how many here have ever set some kind of New Year's resolution? Anybody? Okay, so not everybody, but most. How many have ever been disappointed in some of that? Yeah. Here at the beginning of a new year, I think it's worthwhile to assess, to evaluate our lives and make some course adjustments to say, hey, it's, I, I'm going to renew my resolve in noble pursuits. That's a good thing. I'm going to renew my resolve. It's the start of a new year. I mean, and, you know, I, I, for years, I think because we're, we're somewhat um, affected by the fact that school begins in September here, that, that always looks like a, the beginning of a, it's a new season too. And so I've always kind of thought that. Oh, we get to the fall, I'm thinking new things. It's not just because it's a new year, but it's good to renew our resolve in noble pursuits by God's grace. By God's grace. Not just willpower, but by God's grace. Now in all of this, it's good to remember and hold tightly to Jesus who alone promises and produces the glorious outcomes that our hearts long for. We have to remember Him and hold tightly to Him. He's the one who promises the glorious outcomes and the one who can bring them to pass. The one who produces them, the the very things that our hearts long for. So I want to read Matthew chapter 26. We're going to start the year. We start every month with communion. We're going to start the year that way. And so I know that the songs we sang tonight, it was like it could have been a Good Friday service. It's all about the cross. It's all about what Jesus did for us. And I, I know that feels maybe a little bit odd, but again, that's what he did for us. That's how he saved us was by going to the cross. So we're going to, we're going to take communion tonight, but I want to read Matthew chapter 26, verses 26 to 29. And while they were eating, Jesus took some bread and after a blessing, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. I want to read one other verse. Verse 17. If you back up the context of this, Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? That's the context. Then we get to what we call the Last Supper. It was a Seder or a Passover dinner. This was a most significant religious celebration for the people of Israel. Historically, it marked 
the beginning of a new calendar year. It wasn't the first day, but it was the first month and only a few days in. And they did this. This marked the beginning of a new calendar year for God's people. But unlike our New Year's Day, this was uh, not just, you know, change a page on the calendar. This was powerfully meaningful and This was a spiritually rich celebration. Their new year and the Passover observance pointed directly at God, pointed directly to God and the salvation of Israel. That's what it pointed to. Going back uh, hundreds of years at that point to when God brought his people out of slavery and oppression in Egypt. And he brought them out and... There's a 40-year gap in there because of their disobedience. They wandered around the wilderness. But he brought them out of Egypt and brought them. That was the beginning of bringing them in to the land that he had promised Abraham um, two millennia earlier. He had promised, this land, I'm going to give it to you. And that's the land, actually, that's the land that the people of Israel live in today. Now, I know this isn't the main thrust of the message, but I would like it if we could pray for Israel right this minute because there are things going on there in that land and people saying it doesn't belong to them, shouldn't belong to them. That was a land that was promised to the people of Israel thousands of years ago. Father, we thank you right now for the people of Israel. And we pray for your grace upon them. We pray that many, 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 that thousands and millions would see and yield to Jesus the Messiah. We ask for this nation that hostages still being held would be freed. That Father, they would escape. They would find a way out. Lord, we pray for healing for those Families, those ones who lost people on October 7th, we pray for miracles of healing. And we ask for your touch on the people of Israel and on the land of Israel in Jesus' name. Have mercy and spare lives. Spare lives in Gaza, Lord. We pray you'd spare lives there. We pray you'd spare lives and deliver people in Israel. Over the whole region, we pray for your purposes to be accomplished. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen? Okay. What I want us to see in this passage today is how Jesus introduced something new and better. They came to this celebration, this observance of Passover... And Jesus introduced something new, something better, something more important into this old, ancient, and meaningful observance. Passover was rich with meaning. It was a powerful annual reminder of God's sovereignty and his love and care for his people. But as good as it was... Jesus revealed to his closest followers what Passover is really about. 
to Peter and Andrew, James and John and all of those at that dinner, it may have looked like Jesus was just inserting himself into something that they had seen and done probably every year of their lives or close to it. In reality, he's showing them what it's always been about. Even if it's only now, in that moment, materializing. He says, take this bread, take it, eat. This is my body. Now, in the New American Standard, it just says, take, eat. This is my body. It could say, this has always been about my body. This has always been about my sacrifice. I'm not paralleling what was done thousands of years ago. It paralleled, it foreshadowed me. Take, eat, this is my body. Take this cup, drink, this is my blood of the covenant. That's what it's always been about. Praise God. It's been about his blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Now, very quickly... I want to look again at the passage we focused on throughout December in the Advent Christmas season and just read it, Uh, just the end of it. Don't worry, I'm not going to go back into that. It's the series that won't ever go away. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 22. It says, Since therefore, brothers and sisters, we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us, Through the veil, that is, his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Okay, we look at this. Notice, our access is... It says, since therefore, brothers and sisters, we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. Our access to the very presence of God is Jesus' blood and his body. His flesh is the veil. That's our way in. Because of the body and blood of Jesus offered in sacrifice to God for us, we are eligible. We're eligible to go in. We're qualified to go in. We're authorized in the name of Jesus to go into the presence of God. I love that word, and I don't think it's overstating it. Through this year, when you think of prayer, I want you to think of the fact that you've been made eligible by the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus, sacrificed for you to go into the presence of God. You've been authorized in Jesus' name. You've been authorized to go into the very presence of God. How do I? Well, he says it right here. He says, we have confidence to enter by the blood of Jesus. Confidence. Do you always go to prayer confidently? Do you go in before God with confidence all the time? And I don't mean cockiness, but true confidence. Do you go in confidently? Like a kid ought to. Like a child of God ought to. That's my father in there. Through Jesus, I've been made a son. I'm confident to go in to his presence. Yeah, 
He's expecting me. He wants me there. And let us draw near in full assurance of faith. Wow. That's good. That could change our lives. It could change our prayer lives. And it could change our lives if we go in with full assurance of faith. Wake up in the morning. Oh, I wonder if God's mad at me today. No, He's not. If you've yielded to Christ, as we even sang earlier, the sin of man and wrath of God was laid on Jesus. What? So that we, through faith, can approach Him. He's waiting for us. I know in our house, when I'm in my office, my children fear coming into the office. <laughs> they, they know, oh, Dad, Dad is a holy man of God. <laughs> I can't go in there and disturb him. Look at him. He looks so holy at his desk. Probably napping. <laughs> That's happening more and more now that I'm in my early 50s. It's happening more and more that I, I, I nod out at my desk. It's like, uh, I have to stand up for a while. And, and they come in and they, they come in confidently to mock me. Dad, you were sleeping at your desk. I thought you were preparing a message. It's on resting in Christ. <laughs> Okay, we've gotten off. This is about full assurance of faith. Kids come into their father in a, in a good relationship, in a right relationship. They come in in full assurance of faith. They come in confidently. They don't come in cowering. And this year, I pray for every one of us to go in before God without cowering. To go in before God in prayer confidently. Maybe... You take this, these verses in Hebrews chapter 10, 19 to 23, and you, you quote that. Maybe, maybe you memorize those verses and you say them every morning. Hey, wait a minute. Why am I feeling like I don't belong before God? Since therefore, brothers and sisters, we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He opened up or inaugurated for us through the veil. That is His flesh. Through that sacrifice, He paid a high price for us to go confidently into the presence of God. He paid a high price. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, that's Him, let us draw near with a sincere heart. An honest heart. A humble heart that knows what He did for us. In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. Am I not going because of the things I did in the past? Well, then I'm trusting those things more than I'm trusting the washing that I've received in Christ. Was, he a, was, was his sacrifice sufficient? Yes, it was. Then I'm going in. And let us hold fast, hold tight, take firm grip the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful it's his desire he's faithful to his word and he wants us to come in now I said we were going to do this this part quickly and I lied but we're authorized to go confidently into God's presence let's do it in full assurance of faith amen make resolve right now to go in to the presence of God 
in prayer. To not be kept out by the deception and the lies that the enemy tells you you're not good enough. You're not qualified. You're not eligible. You're not authorized. Hogwash. This says differently and I'm going to believe it. Go in. Do it. Please. The old was good. The old way was good. The update with Jesus in it is way better. He says to them, this is my body. Take, eat, this is my body. The old way, the Passover, was pointing out a glorious, miraculous deliverance that God brought about. But now they see the reality of it. Oh, it's about Jesus. It's way better, the updated version. Okay, it's way better. So when we take communion and hear these words, this is my body, this is my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins, remember me in it. Now in the Matthew version, he doesn't say remember me, but in Luke he does. Remember me. And in 1 Corinthians, Paul quotes that and says, as often as you drink this cup, remember him. Remember Jesus. He, well, he quotes him and he says it as Jesus saying, as often as you do it, remember me. Remember me. Every time you do this practice, remember me. Think about me. Think about what I did. That's what makes this ancient observance new and renewing and powerful and practical and functional in 2024. It's not just an old thing that's passed away. It'll be practically good for you and I. It'll be functionally good. It'll impact our lives in a, in a true and living way. I'd like to ask maybe um, the people that uh, were asked about this to go ahead and hand out uh, communion, uh, please. Maybe we can start from the back and work. Thank you. We're coming into a new year with hopes and goals and desires and pressures and challenges and dreams. We've experienced this before. We've done it before. But every year, there's at least some sense of another opportunity to be better and, or to do better or to lay hold of what God would have for us. Another opportunity to sort of reset the clock and start fresh. Amen? I mean, for many, when they came to Christ, that was the thing. It's like, you can reset. All of the old stuff passed away. New things come when you turn to Christ. When you turn to Jesus and you're born again. That old life is gone. You begin a new one. You reset. And every year, not in quite the same way, But when we step into a new year, there's that desire to to obtain what God has for us. And we can kind of reset and start fresh. It's the same story, but a new chapter. It's like when you're reading a book. Some things are carried forward. Some things are better left behind. And they are left behind. But there's an anticipation that the story of our life in Christ is going forward. I, if you're living without any anticipation of a forward advance in your walk with God, I pray that God will bless you with that sense of it 
even now by the Holy Spirit, because we need it. We need some sense of... uh, Paul even said in his letter to the Philippians, he's writing and he says, things have turned out better than anticipated. There, There was something he was looking forward to. He was anticipating something, and God did even above what he had planned. But we need to be looking forward. Our life in Christ is going forward. In Philippians 3.14, Paul says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. I want to read that again. Listen to what Paul says. I press on toward the... In fact... Before he says that, he says, this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. I got it, thanks. Yeah. This one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. And he says, I press on. I'm pressing forward toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God or the high call of God in Christ. Now, I like the word this literal word in the New American Standard translation, the upward call, because it's saying something true. There's uh, one, one translation, I think it's New English Bible, says the heavenward call of God. That's where it's going. It is an upward call. It's on a trajectory that is not just, you know, like the people of Israel in the desert going around and around. No, it's going somewhere. It's going up. It's going closer to him constantly, closer to Christ, year by year, day after day. Not some superficial um, sort of worldly kind of upward success, but in Christ. I'm going after him. I'm getting closer to him. We accept God's blessing in life. He's generous and he blesses us indeed. But this world isn't the goal of our hearts. There's more. This world isn't all there is. There's more. We shouldn't be just longing for the good things of this world. He's got something far, far better for us that we're Our hearts are longing for it. Nothing here will satisfy it. If you anticipated better things before, but you were disappointed, hope again, believe again, trust Jesus again. As Hebrews 10 says, hold fast the confession of your hope. For he who promised is faithful. Hey, he's going to take you forward. He's got things. So God has wired us. I want to end with this. God has wired us for good outcomes and happy endings. You know when you watch some movies and it's become a thing and they end, how many have ever seen one of these kind of movies? Maybe it's a novel or read a book that's like this. When it ends, it's kind of (laughs) like, did I just spend those hours of my life and it didn't really go anywhere? I don't mean every story has to, you know, wrap up, you know, neatly in some little package and everything's perfect and, you know, in the end, the guy gets the girl and the gajillion dollars and everything, you know. uh, uh, It's not like everything has to be neat and tidy like that, but we're wired for a happy ending. We're wired for a good outcome. That's, there's something, you know, in in old... um, 
old place, a tragedy didn't mean, you know, somebody, something dreadful happened. It just meant it wasn't a happy ending. It didn't kind of work out. That was called a comedy. Things worked out well. It was a comedy. A happy ending meant a comedy. If it wasn't a happy ending, that was a tragedy. Well, God, I think, has built into us that desire, that need, that hope. He is the God of hope. He's called that in the Bible. And he's made us to hope. He's built into us a desire to anticipate good. Look forward with anticipation. It's a godly thing. He is calling us forward. And here's the thing. Back to Matthew 26, verse 29. You know, I think in all the times this passage has been quoted for communion, I hate to admit it, but I have skipped over verse 29. I've read it, but I don't think I quite saw this aspect of it. Jesus says, Take, eat, this is my body. Uh, Drink from this cup, all of you, this is my blood of the covenant, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. And Jesus adds, he says, But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. (laughs) I don't think I ever quite saw this. And maybe all of you did, and you're thinking, why is he the one with the microphone at the front of the church? But even in this observance of communion, he's setting this anticipation and this, again, this upward, heavenward call. And he says, look at this. I say to you, I won't drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Look forward in this eating and drinking. Every time we take this bread, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, as often as we do this, we're proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. So he's oddly telling us we're proclaiming something done, but we're also looking forward. But here's Jesus himself saying, I'm not going to drink this again until I drink it new with you. What a promise in my Father's kingdom. He wants to, it's almost like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to abstain from this until I enjoy it with you guys. With you. I'm going to have it then. It'll be that much sweeter when I do it with you. So look forward in this eating and drinking. It's pointing forward and upward to a most glorious outcome. To the most glorious outcome. Eternity in the presence of God. So let's take this bread tonight. Without faith, this is just bread. Thank you, Casey, for making this every month. We appreciate it. It's a wonderful thing to do this and say, I'm making bread for the Lord's Supper, for the table of the Lord, so people can worship. But without faith, this is just a loaf of bread that came out of the Plato's oven. With faith, 
this represents the very body of Jesus Christ sacrificed on the cross, our salvation. Wow. He, he means it to be something powerful. And faith does that for us. We recognize the body of Jesus on the cross for us. I'd like you to just bow your heads for one moment. And at the start of a new year, let's just get real with God. If there's something that, is, that shouldn't be carried forward into the new year, something you need to just say, God, I repent of this. I turn from this. I don't want this. I want to go forward closer with you. I don't need baggage. And so... Take a moment and give it to him. Holy Spirit, speak. Speak to your people. Unburden the saints in this place today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving everything you had for us. The body that was prepared for you in this world that you sacrificed so that we could come close. Thank you for opening that way. Let's take and eat tonight. And let's take this cup and remember him in it. What he's done for us and what he promises to do. Again, with your heart bowed, humbled before the Lord, this cup that represents the blood of Jesus. And he says, in fact, this is my blood of the covenant, a covenant made that he takes this very seriously without faith. It's just a bit of grape juice. By faith, it represents the blood of Jesus shed for many for forgiveness of sins. Let it wash, even now. Let him point out anything, just to call out anything that needs to be repented of, turned from, laid aside. And let's take this cup. That he says he'll drink new with us in his Father's kingdom. So let's drink in faith for what he's done in terms of the forgiveness of sins, but also in hope of that glorious time together, drinking it new with Jesus. Thank you for your blood, Lord, that cleanses us from all sin. Let's drink tonight.
God, I pray you'd grant fresh faith and hope to all of the people gathered in this room tonight. Grant us, God, to anticipate good from your hand and the the glorious outcomes that you desire for us in Christ. Thank you, Father. I'd like to just ask tonight, while our heads are bowed and we're in prayer, if you have never given your heart to the Lord Jesus, what we've been talking about, about Jesus going to the cross for us, giving his life so our sins could be forgiven, he did that because every human being sins. Every human being is a sinner and we need a Savior. We, to be reconciled to a living, holy God, we need a Savior. And Jesus came to be that. He took all of the sin that was ours and with his sacrifice made a way for us to be forgiven and to stand, as we said earlier, eligible and qualified to stand before God our sins taken away, and a new beginning, a new life in Christ. And so if you've never given your heart to the Lord, today's the day that you can do that. And I want to just say, this is the time. This is the opportunity. Take that opportunity and go into 2024 with that relationship above all other relationships. Now's the time. And you don't need to earn it. You can't earn it. All you can do is come by faith and say, God, you've offered this reconciliation through Christ. I can't earn it. All I have to do is believe in Jesus and yield my heart to him and I can step into that new life. If that's you and you want that, I want to ask you to just raise your hand quickly. You don't need to, you know, stew long. If that's you, go ahead and just acknowledge, I want Jesus in my life today. I want him. I want a new life. Thank you, Lord. Lastly, I want to pray for those who say, you know what, I carried a lot of baggage in 2023. I'm not going to carry it now. Let's just agree in prayer. If that's you and you say, no, I'm letting some things go even now, tonight, I want you to raise your hand for just a moment and say, I need God's grace to do it. I need a breakthrough. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Father, meet each one who says they need your grace to go forward freed of those burdens. And I pray, Father God, for an abundance of grace that we would know a new sort of um, of freedom, a new energizing hope that those things will not uh, slow us down or hold us back as was said, lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with patience 
and endurance the race that's set before us. I pray that for each one here in Jesus' name. Amen.